This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, uh, happy to have you. It is the Open Line Friday. You can also text DATA, D-A-T-A, -A, to 33777. Should you wish to get the show notes or pre-order my book that comes out in July. Now, we got to switch gears before taking any phone calls because we got to get to what's happened down in Fulton County. We put up a clip of the show on Instagram yesterday. I, I should actually read you the comment from the person um, because we got this comment on Instagram from someone over my clip about what happened down in Fulton County, Georgia. And the guy says, uh, who cares if they were hooking up? That is Willis and Wade. That has zero to do with her ability to prosecute this case. You should be embarrassed that you are even bringing it up. This person also says they're not in a partisan bubble, but you would never know that from their Instagram feed. It's actually very relevant. Uh, if you are outside of your partisan bubble and a thinking person, it's actually very relevant. It's very relevant because if Willis was in a sexual relationship with Wade before she appointed him as a special prosecutor under the laws of the state of Georgia and under the code of legal ethics that is considered a conflict of interest that Willis at a minimum had to disclose, which she did not do. And to not disclose a conflict of interest is something that can disqualify you from hearing the case. I mean, this is legal ethics of the law 101. Uh, it's deeply relevant if they were in a sexual relationship beforehand. Now, the Willis team uh, got on trial yesterday, or on trial, on the stand yesterday. Fawny Willis lashed out at the people attacking her. Uh, it, it did her, I'm poor, persecuted person, not on trial. Y'all are threatening democracy by daring to ask me questions sort of thing. And her team believes that she's done enough to prevent disqualification. I'm not sure they have. The reason I'm not sure they have is, is of course, Willis and Wade are going to claim that their relationship started later. Of course they're going to do that. And then oddly enough, when it comes to their transactions and their patterns and behaviors, they actually claim that, that Wade paid for their trips abroad on his business card and that Fawny Willis paid him back in cash. So of course it's untraceable. Very convenient that she had enough cash laying around to pay him back for trips to Belize, among other things. Very convenient to believe that. And of course, if you question it, you're a racist. That, that actually was the statement on MSNBC. All black people leave cash laid around their house. Now, here's what's notable because of that. One, she said she took some of her campaign cash and had it in the house, and that suggests she's using her campaign accounts to pay for her trips. But what's more notable is how it was undermined by her father on stand today. This is her father 
on stand in Fulton County Court today. Watch this. Listen to this. I said because he's violent. Oh, nope, that's the wrong one. This one. After she was sworn in, she was sworn in on January 1 of uh, 2021. And on or about the 3rd of February, um, at probably 5, 5.30 a.m. in the morning, um, there were people outside her house uh, cursing and yelling and calling her the B-word and the N-word and just, I mean, it was... It's bizarre, okay? I mean, it's just... It's okay. So you have the prosecutor. First of all, I should note, I live in Georgia. My flagship station is WSB Radio in Atlanta, one of the largest talk stations in the country. We have a 24-hour newsroom. Not only that, we're affiliated with WSP TV, one of the biggest ABC affiliates in the nation with a 24-hour newsroom. I don't ever recall this being reported in the news. You would think that Fawnie Willis would report this in the news if she, the prosecutor, had her home surrounded with people yelling the N-word and the B-word. And by the way, you should note uh, that she took over from a black district attorney. And this all happened before the Trump stuff. I just, I don't recall, that. I, I'm not saying it didn't happen. But I'm saying I don't recall it being news at the time, and, and I've asked a couple of reporters who certainly don't remember it being news at the time. But the testimony today from Fawnie Willis's father is that Fawnie Willis, her home was known to protesters, and they surrounded her home. And Fawnie Willis wants us to believe she kept stockpiles of cash in the house where the protesters knew she lived. She kept enough stockpiles of cash in her home that she could pay cash, untraceable cash, to Nathan Wade to reimburse him for travel out of this country to the Bahamas, Belize, and elsewhere. That, that's what she said. It boggles the mind. On top of that, she and Nathan Wade have a vested interest to lie in court. What's more notable is that Nathan Wade yesterday in court claimed that uh, he was not in a relationship with Willis while married, even though he's still married. He claims the marriage dissolved in 2015. It was uh, irreconcilable in 2015. He was still married under the law. He was still married. So he's already on stand saying things that aren't truthful. And in their documentation and timelines, they're saying things that aren't truthful. They've contradicted themselves in multiple cases. For all the, the, the pundits out there, the legal pundits saying that uh, we, we think that she has beaten disqualification, she's done a good job, maybe she has. I'm just not so sure that she has, given these discrepancies in the case, given the statements, given the fact that she never disclosed the conflict of interest to begin with. I don't actually know that she has. But of course, what we have seen in this case time and time again is that the partisans interpret it through their partisan lens. The people on MSNBC, they were quite spooked yesterday with the testimony on the stand until Willis did her, poor me, I'm so persecuted, you people are nasty. And then suddenly uh, they're like, oh, she totally turned this around, saved herself. I don't know that she actually did. And I don't know that talking heads with biases should actually um, be as confident as they are. These are the same talking heads who are super confident that the Supreme Court would throw Donald Trump off the Colorado ballot, and it doesn't look like they're going to do that either. 
looking at these things through partisan lenses like that is deeply corrosive. Uh, and it's one of the reasons so many people distrust the system is they're listening to these talking heads. They don't recognize or don't want to believe the partisan biases of the talking heads. And they go all in with what the talking heads are saying. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know what the judge is going to do in this case because of the standard. I will tell you if I were the judge and you could say, well, Erickson, take your own advice, you're partisan. Yes, but there is such a conflict in the timeline. And you do have an uninterested party in the form of her former roommate and friend saying their relationship started in 2019. You have her father talking about her harassment or, or at her home, that her home was known to people, and yet she wants to stockpile cash in her home. And it's just very convenient that the cash is untraceable, that she and Nathan Wade uh, were both able to get this. Remember, she wasn't going to testify at first. She wasn't going to testify. And by her not testifying, she and Wade could talk about his testimony. And then suddenly she decided she would testify. And now she's not testifying today, and her team is telling everyone, we think she did what she needed to do. I wouldn't be so sure. I wouldn't be so sure for a number of reasons. Chief among them, they've given multiple timelines. Those timelines conflict. You know, a, a, a friend of mine is texting me as I'm talking. He's one of the few whose text messages get through while I'm on air. And, and I, I do think it is notable that, um, you know, the same media that's telling us Fawny Willis had her proud black girl moment yesterday and we should be proud of her uh, standing up and defying the, those white lawyers who were persecuting her. And, of course, all black women stockpile massive, massive piles of cash enough to pay for trips to Belize in their home. And it's all racial politics and stuff. You know, when Donald Trump lashes out in the court, he's considered unhinged. Fawny Willis lashing out in court, she's somehow considered um, a, a brave warrior, not unhinged. And, and her testimony wasn't actually that good. It, it was very arrogant. It showed her hubris. Isn't it true that you met Mr. Wade in October 2019 at the judge's conference? We haven't gotten to the point where Ms. Willis should be treated hostile. I think we have. I very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be not here. Not so much that you're hostile, Ms. Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Ms. Merchant's. Thank Ms. Merchant's interests are, are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. Contrary to democracy, someone, a defense attorney, doing her best to defend a defendant is contrary to democracy. Where does this woman get off? She's an adulteress who's been cheating on a woman with a married man. She uh, seems to admit using campaign cash to pay for a trip to Belize. Um, I think her behavior is contrary to cash. It's just remarkable that we're at this point. She thought she could get away with it, and she's furious that she's gotten caught and exposed. And that in and of itself, the fact that there is a clear conflict of interest by having a sexual relationship with a colleague who she's paying as an outside contractor, uh, disproportionately compared to other outside contractors, that she did not disclose it. And worst of all, she did not tell Fulton County, her county, that pays her salary and pays the cost of her office. She did not seek their permission to do this before forcing the taxpayers of the county to foot the bill. I would disqualify her. Yes, I'm a partisan. I admit it. Uh, many of the people who are trying to say she did fine are partisans too, and they don't want to admit it. I'll admit it. But if I were the judge, there are so many red flags here in just her behavior. 
let alone what she actually did in the contradictory testimony, I would absolutely send this to the prosecuting attorney's panel and tell them find a new prosecutor to prosecute this, that she has disqualified herself and Wade certainly has disqualified himself from being able to handle this. All right. When we come back, we've got to move on. We've got lots of other rabbit holes to go down today, including taking your phone calls, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, it's an open line Friday here on The Eric Erickson Show. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Yeah, cooking. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Two juveniles have been charged in the Kansas City shooting. Two have been charged thus far. There may become a third, but right now it's two minors in gangs. You know, if in Kansas City they actually took prosecuting gangs seriously instead of defunding the police, maybe this wouldn't have happened, and instead they want to make it about guns. In fact, at the White House yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, went off on, on guns. Uh, just I, I'll get to that in a minute, but Pierce has been waiting for a very long time. Pierce, I want to go to you before I blow up the idiot White House press secretary. Welcome. All right. Well, I kind of added something to what I wanted to share. Based That's on, all right. At the end of your, at the end of your show last yesterday, you said that the uh, Department of Health is bringing a lawsuit against the state of Tennessee about a law they have that's a felony if a prostitute yes. knowingly infects someone with HIV. Mm-hmm. So with this lawsuit, the uh, health department is basically saying if a prostitute has HIV, then they're disabled. So they qualify for disability. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, that, that's honestly, that's why they're filing it under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Y'all, if, if you don't know what Pierce is talking about here, the, the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice is suing Tennessee because Tennessee has a law that if a prostitute knowingly intends to give someone HIV in the conduct of being a prostitute. Not that they accidentally do it, but that they, they have motive to do it. They, they willfully give someone HIV. Um, and by willful, that means you didn't take precautions, you didn't use prophylactic things like that. Well, then you could be charged with an extra crime. They're saying that violates the Americans with Disabilities Act because the woman is working as a prostitute. She has HIV. Therefore, she's classified as disabled. Therefore, you can't prosecute her for the disability. Uh, the difference is that the actual argument here is that um, there's a difference between being a prostitute with HIV or herpes or anything else and knowingly having it and choosing not to take actions to avoid transmitting it. Uh, but the Department yeah. of Justice doesn't care about it. It's just insane. All right. So beyond that, though, you had something else. Yeah. Um, and I did. I probably missed a portion of your show a couple of days ago when – uh, Putin came out in an interview and said that he prefers Biden as our president because Donald Trump is too unpredictable. Right. Which tells me, and if anybody is smart enough, I mean, you know, I don't, I might not be the brightest bulb in the box, but I'm not the I'm not I'm not you know you're not Joe Biden either. I'm not Joe Biden. But the thing that tells me that Putin prefers Biden because with Biden he has much more leeway in the world uh-huh. to do what he wants. 
than he would if Trump was in office. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. And the left is seizing on this. Oh, this is counterinformation. Here's the reality, folks. Uh, Donald, uh, Vladimir Putin didn't invade Ukraine when Donald Trump was president because Trump was so unpredictable. Iran didn't That's and right. Hamas didn't do what they did because Donald Trump was so unpredictable. There's some benefit to having an unpredictable man in the White House because he doesn't play by the standard rules. I mean, you know what Joe Biden does. Joe Biden's entire 50-year history in Washington has been of one of surrender and retreat. So every single person in the world knows that Joe Biden's not going to punch Corn Pop. He made up the story because Joe Biden, yep. the entire time when he got into the, when he got into the Senate, let's get out of Vietnam, and then with the bombing in Lebanon, let's get out of Lebanon, and then with the bombing in Yemen, let's get our troops out of the Middle East, and and then with the Iraq War, let's get our troops out of the Middle East, and then pulled them out of Afghanistan. Now says that he has no regrets on that. Every single time there's a world incident, Joe Biden retreats and tucks tail. So. Yeah, I mean, of course Putin would prefer Joe Biden to an unpredictable man like Donald Trump. Again, they didn't do what they did when Trump was president because Trump was unpredictable. Now, I got to tell you something. Uh, I got to tell you about my Eden Pure Thunderstorm that I love and travel with. I keep it in my bag. Uh, Right now, they're having a BOGO, a buy one, get one. So you buy an Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you get one for free. You buy two, you get two for free. Buy five, you get five for free. Uh, the discount code is Eric Bogo, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O at EdenPureDeals.com. What is it? It's an air purifier. Not only does it get rid of the dust and the pollen floating in your house with electrostatic plates, you just wipe it out on occasion, it also actually works very good at eliminating odors, pet odors, musty odors, all sorts of um, odors. Uh, I use it in my hotel room this weekend, as a matter of fact. People next door, it was Mardi Gras weekend. They were smoking in the hotel room. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm eliminated the cigarette odor. I've used it in rental cars. You can plug it up with a USB cord, or you can plug it up directly into a wall, and it just works. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure as the driven snow. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric Bogo. E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one free. EdenPureDeals.com. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phones here. Uh, before I do that, though, I gotta, I just, I gotta share. It's, it's a parent moment here. Um, my woke up this morning to a series of text messages from my oldest. Uh, she was fine, um, but the some kids were on the way to school this morning, were t-boned uh, by a drunk driver who has been arrested, and one of them had to be life flighted. Uh, one of the one of the girls had to be life flighted, and we have been. Uh, in prayer about that this morning, I uh, just it, a horrible situation, and it turns out that uh, both of the kids are going to be fine. The one has a broken hand and a punctured lung. Um, the other, they thought, broke her collarbone, but uh, has not. Um, but man, what a thing to wake up to this morning! You just, as a parent, um, one of those calls that you just don't ever want to get. Um, but yeah, you know, prayers appreciated. My goodness. Uh, okay, 877-973-7425. Jim, thanks for being patient. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I heard you early in the week mention that um, that Russia was a third-world hellhole. And I was just hoping you could help me understand how a third-world country is capable of invading and taking over Europe. 
Yes, uh, 1.3 million active duty soldiers and the largest nuclear stockpile on planet Earth. And so they've, they've been fighting for two and a half years in Ukraine. That's pretty much a stalemate, but they can take over Europe. Well, they've been fighting against us. And, I mean, what are they going to do? They're not going to invade Germany. They certainly uh, haven't been fighting against all of Europe. No, not yet. Um, but where are they headed, though? They'll go through. They'll go through Ukraine, and then they'll go to Moldova. Um, because Moldova doesn't have a very massive army if we let them charge through Moldova. Uh, Is so this then, before or after they take over Ukraine? Well, they don't even have to take over all of Ukraine. They just have to get through Odessa. They've got one more province to go before they capture the Odessa region, uh, and then they can start moving into Moldova. They don't have to capture Kiev. Are there, are there any other third-world countries that are capable of taking over Europe? Uh, well, that's the only one that's bordering Europe um, is is Russia. That's the only third world country with a 1.3 million person army and the largest nuclear stockpile. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about Libya invading um, Europe, uh, but Libya is also not a 1.3 million person army with the largest nuclear stockpile on the planet. So if, if, you're, if Ukraine is able to hold them to a stalemate now, um, how does that change? Uh, it, it, it keeps them from going. That's, I mean, that's the brilliance of our strategy no, how, right how now. Does, how does Ukraine all of a sudden start losing? Because we don't send our billions? Uh, yeah, because we're not sending them arms. Uh, yeah, Ukraine is going to start falling back. They're running out. They, You know, Russia has bombed all of their munitions factories, so they can't make their bullets. So they have to rely on the rest of us to uh, provide them their bullets and drones. The Germans have actually stepped up in the last 48 hours and started a drone assembly line for them. So we're not having to do that. So you're, you're essentially a domino theory um, believer. What, what other countries did Vietnam take over after they beat us in South Vietnam? Uh, well, you know, Vietnam wasn't actually the country in charge. That was actually the Soviets who were funding the Vietnamese. And let's see, then they took over Laos. Um, they also helped, let's see, in South America and in Central America. We've been dealing with Nicaragua. Uh, and the Soviets doing that. We had the Soviets start undermining Ecuador, the Soviets undermining uh, Venezuela. Actually, we're still dealing with the fallout of Venezuela from the Soviets doing that. Uh, the Venezuelans, and, and then we have the situation in El Salvador. And let's not forget Cuba. Hey, Cuba's kind of a big one, the Soviet domino effect there, Jim. Uh, uh, Jim, you are on the losing side of the argument, and you don't seem to want to admit you're on the losing side of the argument. Uh, the argument was never that uh, Russia would barnstorm across Europe. The argument has always been, if you paid attention to the arguments, that if they were able to capture all of Ukraine, they would then go into Moldova. If they then went into Moldova, they would go back to the uh, Baltic bloc, which is largely unguarded, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. They have Kaliningrad south of Lithuania, so Lithuania is surrounded on both sides by the Russians, who coincidentally have been stockpiling troops there on the border with Lithuania, so much so that even the Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States of America today, Speaker Johnson, a Trump guy, is warning about the Baltic states uh, and, and Trump, or not Trump, Putin being emboldened. Um, you, you seem to think because third world country means they're desperately poor. Uh, they actually are a pretty poor country. They're poorer than Mexico. But they're a nation poorer than Mexico, Jim, with 1.3 million active duty soldiers. That doesn't include the reserves. And they now have a larger nuclear stockpile than the United States. So, yeah, they could do damage to Europe. So the whole theory of helping the Ukrainians is our soldiers aren't having to kill Russians. 
nor are our soldiers being killed by Russians. But if you give Ukraine our arms, they use our arms to kill the Russians. And then what happens? Well, they have to buy more arms. Where are those arms built, Jim? They're built in Georgia. They're built in Alabama. They're built in Texas. In fact, I, I suspect, Jim, had I left you on the phone, you would say, well, what about the corruption? What about the corruption? Well, yeah, there actually is some corruption in Ukraine, and we should have an inspector general. In fact, I have a couple of friends who voted against the Senate package because they thought it needed an inspector general to root out the corruption. But of the corruption, you, you know how much of the money actually goes to Ukraine? Uh, of, of For every dollar we're spending to help Ukraine, do you know how many of those dollars actually go to Ukraine, Jim? I, I bet you have no idea. Ten cents of every dollar goes to Ukraine. Do you know where the rest of the money goes? Well, 90 cents of every dollar used to fund Ukraine actually goes to the people of Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and Texas and California and where they have jobs making bullets and drones and rockets and tanks. Uh, yeah, we're actually – now I'm, I'm sure you would then pivot and say, oh, so what you're saying is this is a forever war with the, the military-industrial complex. It's not a forever war. We actually, myself included, want Ukraine to actually come to peace terms with Russia because uh, I don't think they're ever getting their whole country back. And historically, I'm sympathetic to the Russian claims to Crimea. Because Catherine the Great took it from the Turks, they've held it ever since. The Ukrainians allowed them to have their base there. I actually think Ukraine's going to have to give up Crimea. They should, frankly, give up Crimea because Russia actually does have really good historic claims to holding Crimea separate from Ukrainian claims. But Russia really still wants to barnstorm across the country and go into Moldova and then go into the Baltic republics. And if we can hold them to the eastern edge of Ukraine, and then force a level of compromise between the two, then we've done a good thing by keeping the Russians out of the Baltic states and keeping us, the Baltic states, by the way, NATO territory, we would defend them whether you want them to or not. This is just the reality, Jim. It's just the reality. You can't argue with reality. You're trying to argue with reality. But the reality is, yes, a third world country with the fourth largest military on the planet and the largest nuclear stockpile on the planet could actually be a real danger to Europe if we didn't hold them where we're holding them in Ukraine. And if we don't provide the arms and munitions for Ukraine to hold this territory while we then force them into a diplomatic peace, the Russians will be emboldened to advance even further. At some point, you have to ask yourself, do you want your children to risk dying killing the Russians? Do you, do you want your kids to go to war? If you say you don't, well then... You probably want to do everything you can to keep the Russians from moving into the NATO territory of the Baltics, which the Baltic states are becoming increasingly alarmed by. And Vladimir Putin himself this past week suggested they have uh, territorial aspirations for the Baltic republics. History and facts aren't on the side of those of you who think we should just pack up and come home. I want to say this again. I don't mean to pick on Jim. Charlie, by the way, didn't actually want me to take the call, but I, I think it needed to be said because I, I keep getting these even in email. The world order after World War II was established by, among others, Winston Churchill, who knew what the economic damage 
and the global damage of the war to Asia and Europe that it, the world order needed to be placed in the hands of the United States. He actually, in his speech before the Battle of Britain, the, we'll fight on the beaches, we'll fight on the landing grounds, says at the end um, that they, he would hope to wait for the new world with all its power and might to enter the war and take up the cause. And he meant the United States with all its power and might. There are Americans on the far left and the far right these days who, for different reasons, want us to abandon the American world order. There are some who think we can't afford it. Uh, my argument to you who say you can't afford it is you don't know what it would be like if the United States didn't run the world order. Our interest rates would be higher than they are. Our mortgage rates would be higher than they are. Our, uh, our inflation rate would be higher than it is. Our unemployment rate would be higher than it is. How do I know these things? How can I tell you these things with certainty? Because every other country on the planet is like that because they're not the leader of the world order. We actually get a discounted rate in trade. We get a discounted rate in currency conversion. We get a discounted rate in inflation. We get a discounted rate in employment because we lead the world order. The world order is the American world order. It's not the Russian or the Chinese world order. As a result, we have the lowest inflation among countries on the planet. We have the lowest unemployment. Uh, we have the best interest rates on the planet for people who want to buy houses, and it's still too high. And that's the wild thing here is it's bad for you and me. We don't like it, and yet we're still better positioned than everyone else. Why? Because every dollar that is transmitted around the globe right now is transmitted in dollars. Every Durham from the United Emirates, every yen from Japan, uh, every euro, when it's transmitted around the world, is converted into an American dollar. We don't have to pay that exchange rate because we have the dollars. Therefore, we get a discount when money is transferred. That's why China is trying to get countries around the world to give up trading in dollars because they want to economically impact us. And what's notable is that many countries haven't. When Mile took over Argentina a few weeks ago, you know what he did? He tied the Argentine money to the United States dollar, not to the Chinese currency. He tied it to our dollar. It benefits us to be the leader of the world. Some of you think we can't afford it. I'm telling you, you can't afford for us not to. You don't know what it's like. You go to Europe or Asia and you trade there, you, you see what's going on there with their countries, with their unemployment, with their inflation, with their interest rates, with their economic trade zones, we benefit because we run the world order. If you surrender that world order, someone's going to pick it up. There will be a power vacuum, and the people who pick it up will not have your values. They won't share your values. They won't value your freedoms. They won't care about you. They'll care about themselves. The thing with the United States being in charge is for all the belly aching from the left about how we're a horrible colonial imperial power and all the belly aching now from the far right that is exactly the same, you should note the far left and the far right echo the same criticisms of the United States. They want us to give up the world order and let someone else be in charge of it. The left says we shouldn't do it because we're imperialistic racist. The right says we shouldn't do it because, well, we're a poor nation now and we should just give it up. It's worth fighting to keep. It's worth fighting to keep a world that the United States is in charge of, however dangerous you may think it is right now, however expensive you think it is right now, it's far more dangerous and far more expensive for us to give it up and let China be in charge, which doesn't share your values, or to have this, this multilateral arrangement where there's no dominant country, and that's kind of where we are right now, but it's we're there because of the choices we've made, and we can get it back to our dominance. Because if we don't, there will be far more wars than you're seeing right now, there will be far more economic instability, and there will be far more costs to you. Benjamin Franklin, when we wrote the Constitution, said we've got a republic if we can keep it. I'm telling you, after World War II, we have a world order if we can keep it. And it's very notable that the American haters on the left and the American haters on the right want us to give it all up. 
The people on the right want us to give it up because they believe we're too decadent of a society. We're too culturally progressive, and it's a shame. Look at kids being indoctrinated in public schools. And on the left, they want us to give it up because they think we're an imperial colonial power of white colonizers, and we should be shamed into giving it up. And I'm telling you, you better on the, resist the temptation to give in to either side because all of them want a degraded America because each of them think that they will be in charge in a degraded America. And you should not want people who distrust and hate this country or are ashamed of it to be in charge of it, but that's where we're headed unless we lead. And the problem is the person in the White House right now, and if we got rid of him, the situation would improve. But you Americans should want to keep leading. Is it expensive? Yes. But it's far less expensive than the alternative. And so it's your choice to make. Now, I got to tell you about Hillsdale College. Committed to our constitutionalism in this country, you should be committed to the constitutionalism of this country, and they're educating Americans about the Constitution of the United States. All you have to do is go to Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com, ericforhillsdale.com. You can sign up with ericforhillsdale.com, and you can get a free pocket constitution with the Declaration of Independence, and you can listen to their Constitution Minutes. Their Constitution Minutes air during the commercial breaks on the show, and they educate people about the Constitution. You can even share them with your progressive friends who are clueless about the Constitution. You can even figure out how to sign up for classes about the Constitution with Hillsdale College. They give some great educational classes and so much more beyond the Constitution. You should partner with Hillsdale College. Go to ericforhillsdale.com today. Sign up now. Get your free pocket constitution. You will not regret it. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. Um, folks, oh, wow, this, the, the president of the United States, he glitched. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here across the nation, and our president of the United States, he glitched. Maybe we are in a computer simulation. This is the president of the United States a short time ago at the White House. This is him. God help us. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking, but let me be clear. Um, uh, <laughs> um, okay, everything's fine at the White House. Everything's fine. Joe Biden is fine. Just ask him. He's fine. Actually, just ask Jill Biden. Joe Biden is fine. May God have mercy on our souls. Uh, Camille, you're going to be the next caller. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, yeah, I just was calling in because you were you brought up the um, shooting at the end of the Chiefs parade. I wasn't there, but I had a number of friends that were there. And um, a friend of my husband and I, we actually are in a tribute band with him. He is was very well acquainted with the when that was killed and Gosh. um i i it, it reminded me that I, I think it was about eight years ago the previous democratic mayor got rid of the mound of police mm-hmm. which uh, kansas city has so many things to offer you know we're in a flyover state but we got everything it's super cool i'm not a native missourian i moved here from california 18 years ago thank goodness i don't live there anymore but 
they got rid of them. And I remember I, I wrote in a parade after those um, cops were killed in uh, execution style in Texas. Oh, gosh. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but they were mm-hmm. we, a friend of mine's friend organized a ride. It was called Cowboys for Cops. A hundred yeah. people, mounted people showed up. And we just rode from Kemper Arena to Union Station and back, just showing our support. We were escorted all the way there and all the way back by um, LEOs. And then the next year we missed it because my friend was out of town. I was riding her horse. She, she had horses. I, I don't, I'm a horse. Camille, I, I got about 30 seconds left. And so I, I just wanted to say that was a stupid decision. They need to bring him back because Kansas City is beautiful. And if we don't protect it, people are going to take their money elsewhere. Amen. And and w- w- listen, I appreciate that, and 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 thank you very much for saying it. And also, yeah, the the leadership of Kansas City, the mayor in particular, two mayors in a row, deeply hostile to the police, deeply hostile to the police, and it's it's super unfortunate, and it it had a result that we saw spill out in that Super Bowl parade. Now, I got to tell you guys about Omaha Steaks before I get out of here because their fifty percent off sale is back, and you can get eight of their burgers free. I grilled some up the other night, and they're so good. They're not your standard ground chuck fare. They're the blended burger. They're beefy. They're tasty. They're juicy. They're great. Eight of them for free with an incredible package from omahasteaks.com slash Eric. omahasteaks.com slash Eric. You get the butcher cut fillets. You get chicken breast. You get the caramel apple tartlets, the scalloped potatoes. You get over 50% savings, and you get the 100% satisfaction guarantee, and you get eight burgers for free. It is remarkable. omahasteaks.com. Uh, go to omahasteaks.com slash Eric today. Take advantage of 50% off. Take advantage of just the great deals at Omaha Steaks. They have great seafood, too, y'all. Ready-made sides, desserts, main courses you just pop in the oven or throw on the grill, and the 100% satisfaction guarantee. omahasteaks.com slash Eric. omahasteaks.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Incredible value, incredible savings, just an incredible company to do business with. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.